Thank you very much. Welcome to Church Project. We're glad that everyone's here. You made it. Good job. How many of you came out of off the mountain trail this morning, running, make it to church? I know Jason drove hours to get here. Good job. Glad you're here. Well, if you're a first-time guest to Church Project, um, we do a couple things that are, that are pretty specific to us, the Church Project. One, we think we're a church. We're a gathering of people that, that love Jesus, and we love the mission of Jesus in this world, and we want to live that out together. So the church is people on mission, and the church is doing stuff. And we're also a project. We're an ongoing pursuit to discover what Christ originally intended church to be. And so we're still trying to figure this out. So if, if you like to live out the mission of Jesus in this world, and you like to figure it out as we're going along, because no one's been to church tomorrow morning, then we're glad that you're here. Um, but if you've got it all figured out, then please buy me a coffee, because I want to know how to do church. So we're glad that you're here today. A couple notes uh, to, to kind of be aware of. One, if you have the Version Bible app, you can, it's a free Bible app, it's a great Bible app, you can open that up and then go to the events and search for Church Project, and our notes will pop up, uh, so you can follow along the message today, which, which will be pretty good. And usually, we say download those notes, because then when you go to house church, you have those notes, you can talk about scripture with, with the people you're doing life with, but for the month of July, there is no house church, so you can still download them, just Take someone to coffee and talk about them, I guess. Uh, a couple, a, a really big thing that you want to know is if you're not part of our mailing list, make sure you're part of our mailing list because there's announcements that come through every week, such as next week, we won't be here. Next week, a couple, a couple weeks ago, we went to Mosaic Church. That was fantastic. Next week, we're just having a barbecue. We figured, you know what? Why not? Let's do a barbecue. And so the details of that are coming through. They've already been sent out. Uh, but next week, if you come here at 10 o'clock, you might meet Kendall because he'll be here. But other than that, we're all going to be doing barbecue stuff. Uh, so I want to say on that, if you want to help with the barbecue, then just see me afterwards, whether it's, it's cooking meat or whatever filling up water balloons to smash over people's face, whatever you want to do. So if you want to help with the barbecue, just let me know. Um, it's going to be really low-key and really simple, and there will be spike ball there. So who's down? Jason, you're down. Are we team? Okay. Who wants to take Jason and I on? Uh-huh. Oh, no. They're like, we got it, dude. We got age. Okay. We got experience. We got, we got experience. Okay, so if you want to see an epic spike ball game, then, then come and, and you'll be part of that. So um, I think that's all our notes. I, I'm excited for the message today. We've been working through the book of Acts, and every Sunday morning I pick up Grandpa, and he asks me, are we out of Acts yet? And I have to say, it's going to be a while, Grandpa. Hopefully we both live long enough to see it. Um, but today, I'm getting us out of Acts chapter 15. So... <laughs> We're making our way through just slowly. Acts chapter 15, verses 36 through 41. A couple small verses, but wow, what powerful verses. Um, as I was really reading through this, even this morning, I was thinking, man, God, this is convicting for me as I was reading through these verses. So maybe it's going to be convicting for you if you've been part of church for a while. If not, um, it's a great warning to all of us. And so let me just read Acts chapter 15, verses 36 through 41. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, Let's go back and visit the believers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. 
Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with him. But Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. They had, they had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and, and left. Commended by the believers to the grace of the Lord, he went through Syria and Sicilia, strengthening the churches. So, this is a whole storyline that's been happening. If you're not familiar with the storyline that's been happening, what you can do is, is just start reading through the book of Acts. And what's happened to this point right now is that Paul and Barnabas, they've gone on already one missionary journey, journey and the church at large started to have some conflict about Gentiles and Jewish people and how do you mix these together. And so Paul and Barnabas, they go and they meet with the Jerusalem council just before this and, and they help come, come up with what was a problem. They came up with a solution to that and now they're coming back and they're starting to go on what is also known as a second missionary journey something that's going to lead up to Paul going out to even beyond Jerusalem and beyond and so what we have here is a conflict and what I want to do is is um is is uh Austin do we have a, a map that we can put up here it is okay so if you're familiar with, with the kind of the geography of, of uh, Jerusalem and this whole area, up right towards the top is where they're at right now. And if you'll see, because of this debate, Paul and Silas, they can continue to go up north. But we see Barnabas and John Mark, they go to Cyprus. And what happens is we see now for the first time a split in what's happening with their journeys. So one goes north and one goes south. My wife and I... Uh, never fight or have disagreements. It's amazing. Love you. The church never fights or has disagreements. I mean, would you agree? No one's been hurt by church. We always agree all the time. Like, church, just feel good. Love it. Um, as I think back on fights with my spouse, and sometimes I think about them, I don't even know where they began. Like, where did... How did we end up here? Like, I don't even know what's, I mean, something was small probably. I don't know how we ended up here. If you've ever experienced that, then welcome to humanity. And I would say that with the church as well. Like, sometimes we fight about things and we don't even know why we're fighting about things. And we look up and this argument or this debate or this thing has taken us way further down the line than we ever intended it to. And we look up and we start saying things that we don't even want to say. And our actions start doing things we don't even want to do. And then when, we, when we're quiet enough and humble enough, we, we, we get alone by ourselves and we realize we don't even know why we're saying these things now. Like, we're just going to win a fight. Like, you ever been there? Like, I'm just going to win this no matter what. Even if I'm wrong in the middle of it, I'm going to win this. I can think back in my... In, my recent life here, I can think back eight years even to this, this place that I, I was working at called Gunnison Community Church. Great group of people, old people, young people too. The church had been around, they're celebrating, I think, their 100 years uh, this year. I, I think it's that, this year. And, and I think back, and as I was there, I experienced the ending that was really hurtful. And I don't know if you've ever been hurt in church, but sometimes church hurt is some of the deepest things you can ever experience. And at this church, I, I was thinking, what happened? I was reflecting on debates and, and quarrels and all this stuff in church. And I was thinking, what happened eight years ago? Well, one, 
there was a difference in ministry. There's this young whippersnapper that wants to push this church and we're going to rock and roll. But the mass of people didn't really want to have a young whippersnapper rocking and rolling and pushing the church. Like we're pretty content right here. Little, little difference in ministry. And I would say neither side of this little debate was wrong. I would say neither side was wrong. Some had a little more passion than others, and I have an opinion as to which one, but I might be wrong, <laughs> right? Um, neither side was wrong. Some had more passion. Um, and I think right now that if I were to, the age I'm at and the experience that I'm at right now, if I, if I were to back up eight years and to go through that, it would have had a different outcome because I'm different. And I would think that as God continues to grow us more and more like himself, they're different too. And so it's something to keep in mind. I thank God that at that time, ministry split. Because I left Gunnison Community Church with a group of great people, very passionate. And now we're all sitting here eight years later. And I don't know that I would have left Gunnison Community Church because it was in the mountains. And I love the mountains. Like, Brittany, we love the mountains. Like, mountain biking. I mean, great place to grow a family, all this stuff. But as I look back, I'm like, I thank God for what happened there because Church Project was born in that moment. Neither was wrong. And that church is celebrating their, I think it's 100, right? Their 100th anniversary this summer. Amen. Amen. There was hurt, yes, but I thank God for what he did. So as we're looking at this passage here, Paul's reality was that John, the one this whole debate is about, quit the last trip they were on way too early. Like John was on this journey with Paul and Barnabas, and out of nowhere, John stuck his thumb in his mouth and ran back to Jerusalem to Mama, and he couldn't handle it. Okay, that might have been a little sarcastic, but you get the point. Like, as Paul's looking at it, he's saying, listen, John early on quit this trip. He quit too early. Why would I trust him to move forward on this next trip? And what was going to happen to John when on this next trip they were about to go on, stones, little stones started to get thrown his way and our way. Was it going to get too hard and he was just going to bow out then too like he did last time? No. I'm showing my humanity and how I think. You might not think like this, but as someone quit me on this last journey, wouldn't you have cause to pause? Wouldn't you say, I don't think he's man enough. I don't think the stone, I don't think he's going to live through these stones. And the Galatian 2 incident, which by the way, Galatian 2 incident, you can go back and look at a little bit later, is something that happened between Paul and Barnabas. So here we have the two people, Paul and Barnabas, about to go on this trip. John's bringing in this, this uh, the Paul already doesn't trust John because he quit this last missionary journey. But then we have Barnabas, and in Galatians 2, we read about how uh, Paul and Barnabas go into this council, and Barnabas was led astray, and, and Paul was sitting there going, what happened to Barnabas? And so he thought he came in with Barnabas on his side and left with Barnabas not on his side. So he doesn't trust John, and he already has like in his mind, like, I don't know if I can trust Barnabas as well. So he's got these two conflict things going on in his mind. And I think what happened right here for Paul is he let past hurt become his future reality. I think, I think, 
I mean, they're out kicking butt and taking names. Like, they're spreading this gospel message, and John's willing to go on this second journey. And, and Paul's like, I don't know if I trust him. He's going to quit again like he did last time. And then Paul's looking at Barnabas and going, but he backed out when it got hard last time too. And so Paul is at this tension where he's like, oh, no. And I think he's letting past hurt determine his future reality. Also, interesting fact, blood runs really deep. Family runs really, really deep. And a side note here is Barnabas and John are cousins. What I do like about Paul is he has strong convictions. He's willing to split this journey and go one way apart from his friend and, and go with someone else another direction. He has strong convictions. But I get it because when Paul's writing later in Philippians chapter 2, verses 19 through 23, this is what Paul longs for. And I think this is what we all long for too. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon. That I also may be cheered when I received news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself. Because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I I see how things go with me. And Paul's writing about Timothy saying, I want to do life with people that are in it with me. They're not going to back out. One of the hardest things in life is to think you are all in. I'm all in on a task or on a mission with a group of other people. Like, I'm all in on a task with the mission. You're looking around. We're all in on this thing, only to find that one by one the team falls apart and you are the only one left remaining and standing. And you're just kind of going, what happened? And I feel like Paul has had this happen in his life. And as he gets to this point, he doesn't want that to happen again. I would rather start out knowing I'm all alone than to think I'm part of a team that just falls apart, wouldn't you? Like, hey, I, at least I know the game plan now. Like, I'm going out on this journey, I'm all alone, I know this game plan. So I want to kind of play a little bit of what Paul might have been thinking. Let's jump over to Barnabas, though, as Barnabas is going through this. Barnabas is also known, do you know what his, his nickname is, Barnabas? Huh, Barney? <laughs> That's awesome. Son of encouragement. Son of encouragement is what he's also known here, which says a little bit about Barney, is that he's an, he's an encouraging guy. Like, this is, this is his gifting. This is what he does. And I think right now what's happening is he's living up to his name. Like, he's super encouraging. He knows also that his cousin let him and Paul down and quit early on this last trip. But he, he's going to look over that. He wants to encourage and say, all right, John, Mark, I I want you, I'm encouraging you, I want you to be on this thing. Mark was his cousin, and he's giving Mark another opportunity. Paul also was his protege. And so Barnabas was the one that was leading Paul and teaching Paul most of his life. So I think Barnabas is going, hey, listen, like, I've taught you, I'm older, I'm leading the way. You owe me one on this, like, 
I'm encouraging John Mark to come because he quit, yeah, but I see greatness in him. And why don't you just throw me a bone? Like, I've mentored you. Like, let's do this thing together. And so Barnabas sees it from his perspective. Like, this is his reality. Paul sees it from his perspective. This is his reality. And it's just not working because both of them have strong convictions about their realities. Are either realities wrong? No. They all have their own realities. Paul takes Silas, who is also known as Silvanus, in two different letters. You read about Silvanus. That's a little side note. Who is a Roman citizen on his journey. So Paul and Silas go on their journey. And later on, we're going to find out how important that Silas is with Paul, a Roman citizen, on their journey. I mean, this is really important. Paul needs Silas with him, not Barnabas on this journey. All they saw was conflict. All they saw was a split. Paul was probably a little embarrassed because of this. Barnabas was probably a little embarrassed because of this. But God was moving in the midst of sending these two journeys out their different ways with this church conflict. John Maxwell. You know John Maxwell? Anyone know him? He's a leadership guy. He's been around for a very long time. And he tells this story. And and he's, a, he's going to his very first church as a pastor. He's 25 years old. And in this, in this denomination, what you do is you show up a week early and, and you candidate. And so you give this message and everyone listens to you and you get to shake hands and you go to have barbecues. And afterwards they send you home and then, and then they all vote like, I want him or I don't want him. And so one by one, it's I want him, I want him, I want him. We like him. Let's, let's offer him the position. And then it gets to the, the boss. You know, the guy that's giving the most money and has the most influence, and he's done it. He's run two pastors off already. It gets to the boss. You know that guy? Who? Which one of you are them? Get out of here right now. I'm joking. <laughs> so it gets to the boss, and the boss says, I don't want him. And they said, well, you're outnumbered. He's coming. So they invite Maxwell. And it was two weeks later, Maxwell shows up, and he knows that the boss has voted against him. And this proves at 25 that he was a really good leader. He, he calls the boss into his office, and he says, listen, I know that you're influential. I know that you're powerful. I know that you have pretty much run the last two people out of this church. I know that for some reason you voted against me, and I'm not really sure why, because here's what I know. We have the opportunity to make history, and this is our history. We can tell two stories. One story is this young whippersnapper showed up, and, man, I didn't like him. And I fought against him, and I rallied church people against him, and I may have got him kicked out. I won some battles. He won some battles. It was just that story. Or we can tell a different story. And the story looks a whole lot more like this young whippersnapper showed up, and I didn't like him. He had bad breath. I didn't think he was good for our church. But you know what? I could see that God had put us together for a reason. And one day we're going to be standing in heaven together, and we can look back and we can see of all the men and women and the children that have come to know God because we decided to work together even in our differences. And as he's telling this story to the boss in his office, the boss gets up without saying a word, goes to the hall, walks down to the drinking fountain and starts taking a drink. And John Maxwell sitting there just, uh-oh, <laughs> I don't know what I did. Long drink. This guy ends up walking back, and the tears are just streaming down his face. And he says, I want to tell the second story. I want to tell the story of what God did in our relationship and how he moved the earth. 
Despite our differences, let's work together. You can fast forward this whole thing till John Maxwell's super uber famous. He's leading a ministry called Insight Ministry, a big leadership ministry around the world. And guess who's his number two man? The boss. What an amazing story, right? To know that in our differences, God could be using us to do incredible, awesome things. But also, it's reality. Like, I think it's in Scripture that God can also use our conflicts. I thank God for our conflict in Gunnison. Church Project is born. I thank God for the conflict that happened with Paul and Barnabas. Because you'll see later the differences of the two journeys and how impactful it is in history. Like, I thank God for that. There is going to be conflict in church in the marriages, and in our relationships. And when there is, there's three words that really kind of drive how I think about conflict. And maybe it'll be helpful for you. So here's the, the three words that I would, I would throw out there. Is what I'm saying right now um, honest in this conflict? Is what I'm saying right now honoring in this conflict? And is what I'm saying right now helpful in this conflict. And I would, I would keep those three words in your mind. Just honest, honoring, and helpful. And this week as you enter into conflict with your spouse or with someone at work or just someone because they called a foul and it wasn't a foul, okay? And as temperatures rise and as, human, as humans we want to fight and we enter into conflict, just, just pause long enough to say this. Is what I'm saying and how I'm acting, is it honest, honoring, and helpful? And those are good words that kind of help navigate conflict. We attempt to be men and women of peace, not at the expense of what God has called us to do. Some people just won't like me, and I'm okay with that. Are you? Some people I've sat down with over coffee, and they just don't like church project. Do you believe that? And are you okay with that? Are you okay with saying, you know what, church project might not be a good fit for you. That's okay. Like, we've got to be honest and we've got to be helpful and we've got to be honoring in our conversations and our words and what we do. But at the end of the day, not at the expense of what God's called us to do. Because at the end of the day, what happened? Barnabas goes this way and Paul goes this way. I pulled out three questions I just kind of want to ask us on this just to end today out of this cool little passage right here that I've had to reflect a lot on about my past and even today, my current day conflict and everything going on in my life. And here's three questions I want to ask us. Who has hurt you that you need to forgive? I mean, I just got to believe that as we're sitting here, there may be people in our life, if we pause long enough to just think about it, who has hurt you that you may need to forgive? Even even if they may not be asking for your forgiveness, maybe you just need to let them go in your mind. Like, God, I, I forgive them. I mean, I can think back eight years to my conflict in Gunnison and then go, man, I could have held some people hostage in my own mind because I can't forgive them. I've got to get to the point where I can forgive. And so I ask the question to all of us, who has hurt you that you need to forgive? Paul and Barnabas had hurt. Maybe they couldn't forgive each other. They worked through it. We'll see later. Here's the second question. Who do you need to ask forgiveness of? I think that's a really good one. 
Like who, who have you hurt? If you sit long enough and think about it, who, who have you jokingly made a joke that hurt them? Who have you stabbed? Who, who do you need to ask forgiveness of? And then the last question I want to ask on this is, are we wishy-washy in our convictions? Because some of us don't actually like conflict. And so what that might look like for Paul and Barnabas would be, oh, Paul, that's okay. I'm going to go with you. Sorry, John. Or it may be, if I'm Paul, yeah, bring John along, we're fine. But all along we're convicted, and we just are wishy-washy in our convictions. And so if Paul and Barnabas would have been wishy-washy, we might have just had one missionary journey, and we'll see later on how devastating that would be. So I think these are good questions to think about. Um, I, if, if we could right now, let's just close our Bibles and just let God speak in this moment a little bit, because this is not a fun little topic to talk about, but I think these passages right here, if you sit on them and you think on them and you pray over them, I think God could help do some stuff in your heart and mind. So let's pray. God, I I thank you for our life. I thank you for everything that we've experienced to this point in our life. Even our conflict, and that's hard to say sometimes. I pray in this room that you would just remind us, bring to, bring to mind areas where we've had conflict, whether it's with family or friends or at work or in some part of our life. Remind us of that conflict. Even if we've tried our best to sweep it under the rug, God, I, I pray that you would bring it up in this moment. And God, I, I ask that this thing that, that you're reminding us of, that in this moment, you would show us that us holding on to this and not offering forgiveness or not asking forgiveness is actually holding us bondage. That God, you don't cause that conflict, but you use that conflict in our life. And I pray that we pause long enough today to see what good has come from that conflict and what good you might still yet be producing in that conflict. And may we look at that as not this crazy sore that you, that's just salt being poured on all the time, but more as like an opportunity for God, you to grow us more like you, that we would learn. Even by asking forgiveness, you would grow us to be stronger men and women. And by granting forgiveness, you would grow us to be stronger men and women. And so, God, if there's someone we need to call or or text or sit down with coffee over, would you put their name on our hearts so much that we can't get away from it today? And maybe for the first time in a long time, we would lay our head down on our pillow tonight with complete freedom, forgiveness, freedom. And we've broken the chains of that thing that's held us back because of embarrassment, because it wasn't easy to have a conversation, whatever it was, God, I pray tonight, today is the day that we get that freedom from conflict of our past. Give us the courage to boldly do what you're asking us to do and to trust you for the outcome. And God, I 
pray that as we look back with some pain, that you do definitely show us how you've moved and grown us and how you're using that hurt. And God, I, I pray a parallel prayer for all of us that as Paul and Barnabas were men of conviction, they ended up going two separate paths. God, put a fire in our heart deep down in us that will not be quenched, that you'll give us a mission and you'll give us conviction, that we would love and live and lead, that, God, we would serve you through this, that we'd be strong to our convictions. We would love others. We would love you. But, God, we would never give up on our convictions, that we'd be men and women that are willing even to enter in conflict if that's what you're asking us to do. And we would trust you in that. Awaken us this week, God, to forgiveness and convictions. We thank you for bringing us here today. Church, if we would, let's stand and just worship God. Just cry out and say, God, thank you for who you are, what you've done in, your, in our lives. And this is about you, not us.